pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Well, greetings and welcome back to your Kinetic Bully Podcast for manifesting your abundant life. I am so thrilled to have all of you back with us again today. I'm thrilled to be back with you again today, and you, Miss Maggie. Hey, if you'd like to <laughs> yes. receive an occasional encouraging text message, only available, I think it's still just available, only in America, in the United States, text the word kinetic to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can figure out when we're dropping a new episode. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Great. Did I catch you off guard? Um, a little bit. I was adjusting my mic, but I'm I'm good now. Well, I need to adjust my my headphone cord somehow. I, I see that. I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. Uh, good to see fall. you in this uh, situation again. It's been a minute. The podcast situation. It's a good situation to be in. Howdy, KBs everywhere. Yes, yes we're getting your messages, and we miss you as well. And uh, hopefully, oh, let me just say this. I'm going to put it out there. Maybe we can see some of the KBs coming up on December the 19th. Meg, you and I are going to be in Charleston, South Carolina on the 19th, which is a, I think it's a Sunday, isn't it? That's correct, yeah. And we are producing a benefit Christmas concert for children that are living in generational poverty in the Appalachian Mountains and on Native American reservations. And we're going to be there. And we are doing three different, um, well, three different times for a Christmas concert, one at 5 p.m., one at 6.30, and then one at 8 Mm p.m. And we've got world-class violinists and cellists, all that are going to be performing while, uh, can I get poetic with this? (laughs) Go for it, While just bathed in uh, (laughs) over a thousand... Flickering candlelight, oh, and Megan, man. you're going to be playing your violin. I am, yes. and uh, I'm going to be there hosting the event. So, if you want some more information on how you can visit with us in Charleston, South Carolina, go to StephenCanyon.com, and there's more information right there. That was very good, and you, I like when you wax poetic. I think it's wonderful. We need more of that in this world. Okay, so there's going to be a thousand of flickering candlelights just illuminating <laughs> that room in a very intimate. Very um, softly spoken kind of environment in a historic venue in downtown Charleston, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be so magical. All of the stringed instruments and the the sopranos, the vocals, the lighting. Oh, I I wish it was next weekend. I'm so ready. And we've got a local uh, ballet academy that's going to have some... Uh, small, some oh. young children doing some ballet dance and so and uh, just world class yeah. uh, vocalists and soprano. It's it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful evening. How fun to see KBs at a non workshop event. You, I think I, that would be kind of fantastic. I, and and it is a very small, intimate venue. So yeah. if you want to go, grab grab your tickets quickly because they are selling out yeah. pretty fast. That's true. StephenCanyon.com. And you can see everything that we're talking about on the events page. Um, let's just dive right into a question, Steve, if that's cool with you. Let's dive. <laughs> let's dive head first. Um, here we go. 
can just anybody learn to attract and manifest? Yes. Or, a, yes. Or <laughs> oh, you, that's not it. That's okay. not all. Okay. Or do you have to? Or you do you have to go to a sage or someone who has the spiritual gift of manifesting miracles? Nice question. Yes. Well, you know, there's so so much that is talked about and said today as far as manis- manifesting goes and attracting and how do you do it. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, even regarding the ego and... Indeed. Well, let's unpack a little bit of this <laughs> and in just a few minutes, right? Yes. I have a feeling you're going to unpack all of it. I think you we always might. do. You always get us there, Steve. So I, I have total faith. Well, let's go to the beginning. Open up your journals. <laughs> Page one. <laughs> get, out your, get out your number two pencil. Oh, man. I love questions like this. But and, seriously, yeah. what? I was just going to say, I am just bursting with excitement to be back on the podcast. It just feels so good. There's this infusion of positivity that I only get here. And so I just wanted to say that. Well, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. And we we do this every morning with our coffee. By the time we've had, you know, a couple of pots of coffee, we're like, why didn't we just turn on some mics? Because we're still <laughs> doing the same thing every day. We just not, we're not re- true. putting it out there. It's true. And we talk about all yeah, this stuff. So. so can anybody learn to manifest and attract? Or do you have to go to um, a sage or someone with spiritual gifting for yes. manifesting? The world's many, many different doctrines of faith, and let's 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 go at this from a, a spiritual um, standpoint, because there are so many traditions that are used by people to try and describe their spiritual experiences. For example, just as people going about their ordinary lives, they they use words to try and describe their subjective beliefs, mm. the things that they grew up that were common to them. And like emotions and feelings and physical experiences. And but there there are two basic kinds of spiritual experiences. The first one is simply a state of mind. It's feelings of happiness, of love, and in some cases, fear. And then the second one is an experience of something that's not within ourselves. In other words, it's experiential observations that are so-called um, soul-stirring, like when we see the wonder of the stars at night, or a thousand flickering candles in downtown Charleston, or the trees when they're, they are turning their, their fall colors, or mountains in all of their splendor. But in the language of the traditions of people all over the world, various religions, the first kind of experience often produces the sense of freedom, of being saved, of being delivered from destruction, and then the second, an immersion or an escape into the beauty of the senses or the holistic salvation of a vision like we're talking about, thousands of flickering candles. So here we have the doctrines of the world's traditional religions that have their roots in all of these various attempts to express these types of experiences to other people. Well, I got to tell somebody what happened to me last night. I've got to tell you in some way that you might understand what I experienced while I was looking at the cosmos. I was was looking up at the stars and I saw this meteor shower go by Mm -hmm. and I had this spiritual experience. So now I've got to 
bring it into my vernacular, into my natural lower state of being, the egoic way that I can communicate this spiritual um, happen, happening that occurred in my life. And it's a way of communication by traditionally enshrining this state of being into a cognitive, subjective belief about one's own personal existence, or about their beliefs regarding the universe, or doctrines that are well engraved upon the legends of visions gratified into the and um, in, in, into the the soul stirring essence of graffitied <laughs> halls of cathedrals as the basis of an article of faith. Yes. Well, that's a religious uh, notion, isn't it? Oh, so, yeah. so here we have visions, Maggie. Yeah. And when they are traditionalized, like I'm talking about, it's somewhat more spectacular and sensa- sensational than the original states of mind, because they have taken on the dualistic nature that we talk about often. One of them, a meme. There's a, a picture that comes to mind, mm. a thought form that comes to mind, and which is an attempt to express our sentient existence on this planet. And so people then add form and color and motion to the metaphysical because it's just easier to describe spiritual experiences in this way. I love how that you are setting us up to to really understand the the inner workings of the higher self and then the ego as as we've really been taught to use them throughout our lives and and even through culture. Well, and what I want to do is I want to get it down to the quick of the question, mm-hmm. which is, can anybody do this? Right. And so I'm, I'm speaking in broader terms now to point out to the the uh, listener with a question that you don't need someone special to be able to handle the attractions into your life. You are special enough. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to drill down and I'm going to show you what makes you so special because the, the spiritual memes that I'm talking about that are common in all religions, uh, anywhere you go in the world, there are memes, there are pictures, there are Im- there's imagery that's used to try and communicate the spiritual experience that someone is having. And so it's common. But now the problem is because the lower state of being, which is the ego that we that people identify with, uh, the empirical forms of memes around them, they are not going to transform a person. Memes will not, it's not going to connect you uh, to uh, the what cannot be seen. Mm. It's not going to transfer a sense of the essence of freedom or even a deliverance from the lower state of consciousness, which is the most absolutely most profound, satisfying, transpersonal of all spiritual experiences. And so since the lower state of being, which is unconscious, would rather have 10,000 visions and memes rather than a higher sense of transformation, religionists have been tasked with trying to identify with transpersonal freedom in, in a way that is authentic, authentically communicated or attempting to identify with being good enough for salvation, uh, with redemption, which is... When you relate to that and identify with being good enough, it's just an egoic endeavor rather than a free gift of transcendence. It's almost as if 
hum- humanity is requiring these these visual representations of spirituality. And I'm wondering if that is coming only from the ego. I mean, it, it seems like what you're telling us is that the higher self doesn't require that, but it, the ego requires, you know, we have to put words to the sensation that we felt when we when we looked at the beautiful mountain landscape. Right. And so what happens is you, you take the ego, which is the lower state of being, and when you reinterpret the higher uh, consciousness and the essence of your higher being into a lower state of recognition, then you lose the authenticity of the spiritual experience. Mm. And so you've got all of these wow. worldwide temporal religions attempting to identify with transcending the ego with redemption, ironically, by using thoughts that are formed by the ego, which says that I am more or I am less than I am. Mm. The ego cannot identify with a higher essence of being in the sense that I'm going to articulate it other than saying, I am great or I am unworthy. And neither one of those are a, a, um, a perfected representation of your spiritual transcendence. So it seems like part of the higher self, of operating and living from the higher self, is being okay with not, not, not being able to necessarily articulate the, everything that you're experiencing. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate because what happens is if you're not able to articulate it, then people believe they need a sage or they're going to have to go to someone who is special that can do for them what they don't believe they can do for themselves. And wow. that's just not true. Yeah. Because doctrines differ, because people have different cultural backgrounds and they have different traditions. An English person and a Chinese person may have the exact same feelings of euphoria when it comes to uh, sensing a transcendent experience, but then they will communicate it in a totally different way because they're relating to the experience through Mm -hmm. these different mental constructs and, and through different languages. So what kinds of expectations toward life and the universe causes a person to think in a certain way? Why are we even struggling with this? It's because the largest percentage of a person's expectations, they are programmed by where they were born, where they grew up. And and it's all of those expectations that if you don't do the work of reprogramming your kinetic beliefs, they're going to cost you your original identity. They're going to cost you uh, the sense of authority and ability that you have in your genius of purpose to be able to Uh, attract your highest uh, viewpoints and your desires. And so it just takes from you what was actually meant for you. I'm sensing so much power coming from what you're telling us today, because how exciting that when we approach the subject of, of working miracles, of manifesting miracles into our lives, that we only need to look within and, and acknowledge the, the higher power of our highest self that is already in us. And, and I, just, I just love being told that, look, don't, don't look further than yourself. Don't look to someone else to work a miracle for you. This is all within. And, and we, have to re, we have to reevaluate ourselves. We have to look at ourselves and, and be aggressive with how... How we're framing our, not just our worth and our value, but our power and our ability. Maggie, you just chose the right box. If there were three boxes and you didn't know what was inside of them, you picked the right one. (laughs) Box number two. It's identifying with your higher authority. Yes. That is using the ego as a tool because, look, we understand a KB understands that everything is possible. Mm. Every event, uh, every 
thought is already a possibility, and they're all aspects of a single reality, which is higher consciousness, and that which permeates all of the universe. So every single person, regardless of what you've been told and, and what you've been judged to be or what you've even believed negatively about yourself, every single person is gorgeous. You're <laughs> beautiful, unique individual who has... Um, sad to say, been reconditioned by circumstances. And so a person's actual original self that you come into the natural with is so much more than what you consider to be from your egoic imaginings and so much more than your feelings. Even your best feelings, you're still better than your best and and your emotions, you're better than any any way that you could ever feel. And the personality that is called by a given name like Tom or Edna or Sam, that's not who you are. There's a lot of confusion when it comes to the ego. It, and it's not just an attitude either. And the ego is also not useless. There is a, a very real divine spiritual purpose for using the ego um, as you should use it. You know, on top of all of the revelation knowledge that you're giving us today to, to move forward, you know, the positive progression of this knowledge, I also love that you're revealing to us where we went wrong in our lives, where we took the the left when we should have gone right. And it's in these visual representations that we are sort of forcing ourselves to attach to because we're shown these things. You know, you're shown representations of success, money, wealth, relationships, and most of them are wildly inaccurate. Mm. And and just knowing, knowing that, hey, it's okay that when we're tempted, when, when we're told that we need to attach ourselves to a label or a visual, that it's okay to to reject that notion and simply live from the highest self and just let ourselves be as we're supposed to be not even not not only is it okay but it is actually the correct way to be able to observe those thoughts as they come in and say that's not me Mm -hmm. and i can smile at that and i'm not going to go chase after that thinking (laughs) that it is me no because the ego is a tool and it's something that when properly understood, it will serve you to inhabit the genius of purpose that you were created with. Now, and I want to go, if I haven't already, I want to go deep for just a moment. And <laughs> if you'll get this insight, the enlightenment will prosper you. Every person was created to be a unique expression of the diversity of God. We are all alike in that we are all different different unique aspects of the same. In other words, in the same way that the universe is expanding to reveal more of itself, the Creator is expanding itself through the innermost genius of individualism so that when you align your ego now with that of higher consciousness as an observer, you begin to attract and experience the higher manifestation of your original self, which is the transcended form of you and is identical, identical to the original intention of you, which is nothing missing, nothing broken, fully furnished and abundantly prosperous according to your authority and your original dominion that you came into the natural with. Mm. Wow. So creation, the universe, I am telling you, will back you up on your immutable demands for your higher purpose to manifest into your life for everyone. 
And in this expanding universe, the word no will never, ever, ever be the answer to a person who asks for wisdom. Actually, the intuition or the wisdom of oneness is at the very center of all religions. But few people understand what it is to feel the intuition of wisdom within themselves. And so they, they look outward for wisdom and for advice and for guidance. And this is, oh, I love, you did take us deep. <laughs> you weren't kidding. But you went with me. <laughs> we did. We're right here with I'm you, I'm not Steve. down here saying, you're, throw me a robe. You're right. You're guiding us. We all have our little <laughs> headlamps on. I can see it. Um, but I love that you are presenting the, the concept of uh, all of us having this unique diversity, but then also being of one um, while still expanding. Because the way that you that you taught us this today... It's giving us a fresh concept of what it means to be a part of the whole because you sort of flipped it around as well and said, look, you know, you're a part of the whole, but the whole is also you. And so instead of that being sort of a diminishing concept, like, and eh, we're just one of, of 8 billion, not to mention the people that aren't here anymore, we are part of this expanding universe and, and yet the universe is within us Maggie, as well. Maggie, that is it. That's absolutely it. And it's, again, using the ego as a tool to identify with being part of one. Yeah. Like you're saying. And yeah. it's identifying properly rather than grabbing hold of, a, you know, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, is if a person has a thought, they think the thought is them. Mm. And so we become an observer of those thoughts. It's like using the five senses for understanding. It would be the same thing as looking out of a window of a starship that you're traveling across the cosmos in. And Elon's at the controls. <laughs> well, we know and, where we're going. And so you're, <laughs> so you're headed to Mars, right. wherever you're going. But you're, you're streaking across the cosmos. And as you pass through these ast asteroid fields and you streak past planets and their moons, and you're looking out the window and you say to yourself, ah, all of those celestial bodies that I see, I think I will relate to those things because I must have a purpose within the energy of all of these planets. I must be like the moon and I must be like the stars that I'm seeing. And actually, there are still religions today that are celestial based for this very reason of identification. A kinetic believer that takes control of their lives, delves down into the deepest recesses of their souls to observe the otherwise mysterious universal essence of their originality, mm -hmm. to commit themselves to its tremendous powers. And in alignment with the Creator in this way, when you begin calling things into existence that did not appear, that do not appear in your life, Maybe it's perfected health. Maybe it's that million dollars you keep thinking and, and believing for. And you, you're calling that into existence. You begin operating from what is already within to the without, where there is neither inside or outside. And this is the principle of non-duality. Because w when you awaken to higher consciousness, nothing else exists except for it. And nothing is excluded from it. Wow. You know, we talk about the ego a lot on this podcast, and I feel like you've taken us into a deeper understanding of the ego as well, because many times the ego can can be presented almost as, you know, the boogeyman to mm -hmm. avoid, and we have to avoid that part of ourselves. Um, but today it's this, it's this really beautiful picture that you've painted, almost as if the ego is... Um, 
like a like a tether from hmm. from the external higher higher self higher source to this yes. earthly physical experience mm-hmm. that we are having a tether that's great because we're in an earth suit having this <laughs> this natural experience we're spiritual yeah. beings and we're tethered to the natural through the ego that's a great way of looking at it mm. because the power of your uh, creative authority is located on the surface and that's we could call that the ego as much as it is in the depths of your being and in the finite, as much as it is in the infinite. For it has been actually wisely said before that there is nothing infinite apart from finite things. So you have the ego for navigating the infinite of possibilities to manifest into your life. That alone should make you want to run around the room a few times and even give the cat a kiss. (laughs) <laughs> which yes. I mean that's exciting isn't it <laughs> it is because the the one reality is all inclusive and it's made of consciousness and egoic reasonings it's made of life and it's made of imagination mm-hmm. and it is it's made of the earth and the waters it is made of air and the vacuum of space and it's made of light and darkness It's made of desire and made of peace. It's made of anger and it's made of love. It's made of virtue and vice. It's made of all that is close and it's made of all that is far. Higher consciousness is made of all. What then is non-duality in terms of a state of being unconscious, asleep to the essence of your higher being? How, How is it that someone who's transcended their identity like we're talking about, Mm -hmm. to higher consciousness. How is it that they think and feel about things, about their purpose and about life? Mm -hmm. Does an awakened person, for example, the one who's become one with oneness, like you're saying, does that person expand from out of their body and enter into all other things mindfully and with their ego, since we are acknowledging that we're all one so that you know we can see with each other's eyes and and i can sit here and think your thoughts and you can think my thoughts a lot of them i um, hope you cannot and most of them i hope you can kidding but when he said think my thoughts i thought lucky you (laughs) yeah i'm I'm always in a fairy tale land aren't you though i love you i love you the egoic the egoic mind like we're talking about never contains more than one thought at a time Mm. because that's the nature of thinking. If you want to change what you're thinking, speak something aloud. You cannot think and say two different things, for example. Reasonings are as close to thinking the thoughts of others as the mind can actually get. But now there is something else that happens here. Most people have had experiences where they've known somebody was about to call or mm-hmm. somebody's talking about them. You, you, you say, why is my nose itching? And I say, well, you're probably being talked about. <laughs> Intuition. Or they, they, they knew something was about to happen, and then sure enough, it happens. When these things are occurring, and, and all of that is, is simply evidence of your higher consciousness within. Mm-hmm. Proof that you have higher consciousness and that there is an interconnectedness with oneness. Spiritual illumination from your higher consciousness emerges from the absolute freedom of your inner being. 
And this is the center of your ability to be able to attract whatever you can think of or imagine. Unctions of thought come from here. And this is where your genius of purpose resides. This is the space of one reality, which is all-inclusive to all possibilities to all of sentient life. Yes, the trees in the forest and the little animals playing around. All of it. So a person that is transcended identifying with what they think because you've received revelation knowledge of who you are, of your original identity, you know that you are not what they said you are. You are not who you've been judged to be. You are not your career. You are not even your name. You are the essence of life energy. You are created with a thinker. You're created with a chooser. And you have the gift of talents. You have the gift of observation. You have the gift to be able to choose what you'll choose and to reassemble at your pleasure whatever you should choose to create. You know, you're really presenting highest self as this this wild experience of of of, of it actually is heightening our senses and we're actually having a, a higher and a deeper depth of experience because many times when when we hear about highest self it's almost as if it's presented as as something that we're checking out you know mm-hmm. our we're emptying our mind of thought but but this mm-hmm. is a a larger picture an expanded view of the highest self where it's almost like it makes me think of when you hear about someone having a near-death experience and then they come out of that more alive and awakened than ever. They can smell things in, in a higher way. They, they see colors brighter. And, and I feel like that's what you're describing. Absolutely, because, and like you said, most people when they are in, in the way that it is erroneously taught with ego is to empty out your mind, empty out your thoughts, and then you are perfecting your higher self. Mm. Which is, not, which is not true, because higher self just simply means you're free to think of anything and nothing. Mm-hmm. You are free to love or to fear. You are free to be joyful or sad. And to see those things in, a, in an observant way and as a, a way of making a choice, to, to, you're free to set your thoughts on philosophy or on the trivial concerns of the negative world. You're, you are free to be either a sage or a fool. You're free to feel both <laughs> compassion and anger, to experience both euphoric bliss or the agony of despair, while acknowledging that none of those things are you. Mm-hmm. And as one who's transcended the identity of their lower state of being, your awareness uh, uh, of your choices is the thing that is proof of your transcendence. Those things are not who you are. They're only things that you may choose to experience. In other words, a KB will never say, I am depressed, mm. because they are not depressed. They are the higher essence of their being, which can choose to be depressed and recognize that that is an, a, a lower state of consciousness, or they are asleep in the depressed state of being, but it is not who they are. They're not identifying with that. Mm. And so in the throes of all of this, a person who's enjoying their best life never ever breaks from their identity with the oneness of higher consciousness, with their interconnectedness, with their creator. This is a person who is operating from within 
the the perfected freedom of kinetic belief. It really is going to help so much to proceed into into our lives after this podcast with the knowledge that that we need to strip away all of these labels and all of these concepts that are not part of our identity. But knowing it's just so powerful, knowing that we can have these experiences and not be these experiences, and it just it's going to set us free like never before. To, to you can kind of feel like it's going to. It's going to shoot us like a rocket just out of any situation, any feeling, any, mm-hmm. because it makes you feel trapped when you mm-hmm. are associating yourself with these things that you're describing. Free, free to roam, free to run and yeah. enjoy, free to travel. I just, I, I just had an image of you running freely down a beach, riding on the back of a black stallion <laughs> yes. and your, and your hair's blowing and you're free. It's freedom. Yeah. The KB knows that whatever direction they go in, they are still in perfect harmony with a oneness mm. that includes all directions, all freedom, all motion, and the ability to observe those things from a place of enjoyment and peace and prosperity and abundance. I had a good friend ask me one time, many years ago, and said, uh, Stephen, where do you want to go with what you're teaching? And, um, <laughs> and he said, David said, what is your vision? Where do you, where do you see this going? And which at that time was a really a, a good question for me because, and I remember how hard it was for me to put my vision into words to answer you know, a question like that because the vision wasn't formed by the singularity of thought. So my response to him was, and it just came out Northeast, South and West. Mm. And it was the only way I could express the freedom of the all-inclusive nature of the harmony with higher consciousness that truly includes all directions. It's not success in one place and failure in another. So in this sense, living your best life is cognitively choosing your kinetic beliefs, your articles of faith, and mountains will move, obstacles will move, naysayers will get out of the way. From and it's moving, uh, moving with the expansion. It's it's like moving with the spiral in with the expanding universe in any direction you should choose to go, and the wisdom for. Starship navigation is available for anyone who will gratefully ask for the wisdom. And and that's what the partnership of one higher consciousness is for. It's for the relationship of navigation. It's for knowing how to use your ego so that you, you can dream dreams that will be a blessing to you and to those you love. To understand all of this, what we're talking about, this is to wake up to your freedom to be alive. And this is the question that I'll often get. Um, Is it possible that spirituality can be anything so absurdly simple? (laughs) And it's like the Tao says, when the wise person hears of the guidance of higher consciousness, they put it into practice. When the fool hears of it, they laugh at it. Indeed, it would not be worthy to be called higher consciousness if they did not laugh at it. The idea that any kind of life is spiritual is, uh, for the person who is steeped in ego, it's a terrible blow to the pride of ego. 
that a person can be happy, can be healthy and wealthy, filled with joy and able to go and come as they please, like we're talking about, while experiencing the most surreal sense of otherworldly peace. That is an affront to the ego, which says, well, I created me. Look at my accomplishments. Uh, See how I am so much better than most others. And on the other end of that, the ego, which says you are unworthy, you are lousy, you're uneducated, you are broken, poor, and you're just plain, flat out stupid. Who do you think you are? You're never going anywhere. Same thing, same ego, same, same result. But it's relationship, Maggie. It's relationship that we're talking about with higher consciousness because we relate with it by observing it and identifying with it in that sense of properly using the ego. Relating with your oneness, with the belief that exploded at the very first moment of expansion to hurl the universe and all of uh, its occupants into motion, to become an, an expanded version of the greatest possible existence of perfected completion. And it's properly identifying with your place in the miracle of you. It's so profound to understand true freedom as it is only inhabited in the highest self because you can see how uh, the ego can go in many different directions to deceive us. So maybe we were born into what some people would call greatness. Maybe Mm. there's a lot of wealth uh, at our disposal from a young age. Maybe we have everything that we could possibly need to supposedly change the world. Um, Or you can also compare it to poverty, but either way, we are falsely connecting ourselves to these labels and these concepts and these ideas that will not hold water, you know, beyond any sort of change or disruption. And so the idea that we can at any point in time immediately move ourselves, move our identity, tether our, our identity over to that highest self and experience true freedom, true elevation above above the physical is Mm. it's just it's so powerful and it's and and i know i use this word a lot but it's just so hopeful Mm -hmm. and which we all need that to to even understand and live our best life that's such a great point because anybody that dares to look around and at the amount of money that you've accumulated or that you inherited or with even a physique the dna that you may have inherited from parents whatever it is and if you look at anything in the empirical world around you and you go wow that that makes me um, what I am. That is the spiritual pride of the ego, which is when you have a realization that it's a powerful antidote to the spiritual pride of a religionist, for example, the ability to um, separate yourself from what you can see in the tangible forms around you. And those who seek to reward themselves for being a good person or for having a lot of money or inheriting a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and saying that that's who I am, it's the realization that that is not who I am. That is not the spiritual condition of my higher self. Because it's it's in the, the spiritual world, Maggie, as a kinetic believer, when we are identifying with higher consciousness, with God, There's no top and bottom of the class Mm. because it's here that all people and all things are equal and whatever they may choose to do can neither go up nor down. There's no valuation system in that realm, which is the authentic first and last realm. And so the only difference to the person who sent in the question between, for example, a sage or a mystic being born again or ordinary unenlightened or enlightened, is that the one the one realizes their identity with God and the other one does not. 
But the lack of realization, it does not alter the fact that every single person is created from out of higher consciousness. So how then does someone attain the realization of their higher consciousness to transcend their lower state of being? How does someone receive revelation knowledge from the insights of the universe outside of listening to this podcast? <laughs> It's, it's just a matter of going on. Is it, is it just a matter of going on living just like you've always lived before, knowing that you're free to do exactly what you want? Absolutely not. Be very, very careful of this false sense of freedom of doing as you like, because to be really, truly free, to really be awakened as a person who can call things into existence and attract whatever you desire and manifest whatever you desire, a person must also be free to do as they don't like. For if you are only free to do as you think you desire, you're still tied up in the singular nature of the egoic state of being, and you're being bound by the lower state of being, which is to be unconscious. So a better way of attracting the wisdom of awakening is to let yourself be free to not know Free to not know is to trust in higher consciousness. Mm. Um, wow. it's, it's to have faith. And in the acknowledgement of your ignorance from knowing the wisdom of God, we become one with the wisdom of God through our humility. I love that we can enter into this process fearlessly because we... We have been guaranteed that anything we find in higher consciousness is good and beautiful. And, the, and the, the true self that we encounter there and that we finally get, finally get to know ourselves, really, in higher consciousness, it's all good. It's all beautiful. It's all the best of the best of the best, the things that we were always meant to be experiencing in this life. And so it's, it's, it's just exciting that it's a process we can sort of dive headfirst into mm-hmm without any fear Mm, and this relationship with oneness yes recognizing that we're part of the equation we're not the full equation Mm. albert einstein said that a clever person solves a problem a wise person avoids it (laughs) wisdom is paramount and and i I love (laughs) asking for more wisdom and uh, if, if someone tries to manifest the realization and make themselves God, they simply become an intense egoist. Wow. And that is a person who considers himself to be clever. Their life becomes one of excuses and self-righteous indignation. And a wise person, a wise person allows themselves the freedom to be their authentic self. And they discover that, you know what? God is not what they have to become, but what they were created in the likeness of, in spite of their lower egoic nature, Mm. which they then learn to observe as a tool for navigation. And it's this realization, even while not commonly practiced, it is as close as most religions have come to awakening to higher consciousness. It's been said a thousand times that God is always found in humble places, The Tao says that the Creator is like water, and it seeks the lowly level which men abhor. And the Bible says that while we are busy trying to add cubits to our stature so that we may reach up to heaven, we forget that we're getting no nearer to it and no further away, for the kingdom of heaven is within you. Look within to find the voice of higher consciousness 
Ask for the wisdom of God to awaken you to become one with your original genius of purpose. It's your authority and it is your dominion as a cavey that will manifest whatever you can think of or imagine. Not because of who you want to become, but simply because of who you really are. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. Oh, yes. <laughs> and hopefully we, we answered uh, our KB's question well, today. And, and I have to say, just as a personal reflection on today's podcast, I, I sensed my, my spirit going from a sense of almost scrambling to one of being centered and still. And, and that is the power of, of all of these recognitions and all of this revelation knowledge. You feel the peace mm. and you feel a rest in that. Yeah. And again, so you get into that sense of, I don't need to hurry or worry about anything. Yeah. Because I am in all things and I can become anything to, to be able to enjoy the experience of anything that I should choose. Mm. No hurry, no worry. Just say this, say thoughts and words belong to the world of forms. Thoughts and words belong to the world of forms. They cannot express. <laughs> they cannot express. The essence of being. The essence of being. So when we speak our affirmations. So when we speak our affirmations. We're creating the outward life. We're creating the outward life. That we desire to experience. That we desire to experience. I was created for perfection. I was created for perfection. So are you. And so are you. Therefore. Therefore. I'm perfect. I am perfect. And I see the good in all. And I see the good in all. So I'm attracting the abundance of all things to be good. So I'm attracting the abundance of all things to be good. No thing can stop me. No thing can stop me. From incredible success. From incredible success. Oh, I enjoy learning. Oh, I enjoy learning. <laughs> new things. New things. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy meeting new people. I love new challenges. And I love new challenges. I enjoy getting out of the bed in the morning. I enjoy getting out of the bed in the morning. I enjoy going to bed at night. I enjoy going to bed at night. <laughs> and I enjoy going through each day. And I enjoy going through each day. Guess what? Hey, guess what? I'm observant. I'm observant. I'm imaginative. I am imaginative. I'm a kinetic believer. I am a kinetic believer. Creating. Creating. Creating, enjoying, enjoying, imagining, imagining from this place, from this place, a present tense awareness, a present tense awareness, and I am living, and I am living my best life, my best life. Yes, yes, yes. You took us deep today, Steve, but you also brought us back to the surface. So <laughs> I didn't leave you. You there. were you were a good leader oh, you know, as we journeyed today. Um, I'm so excited to be back here, and I just can't wait to see everyone again. And in a week, we're doing weekly podcasts right now because Stephen is working on the new Kinetic Belief book, and we're also putting together a concert and workshop tour as well. Keep checking back at StephenCanyon.com for more information on that. And if you want to check out the guided journal as well, it's always available at StephenCanyon.com. And We'll see some of you guys in Charleston, South oh, yeah. Carolina on December the 19th. I yeah. feel certain of that. So. Sending out so much love and so much light to all you KB creatives all around the world. Hey, and thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. <laughs>